This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is hour two of Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you. Flames game day. Flames blues coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Some lineup changes for the Flames heading into this game as they look to snap this four-game losing streak. Although it is a three-game point streak. Still like to come out with two. Like Jacob Markstrom said in the Flames locker room after their loss the other night, I like two points. We'll see if they can get two points tonight. Uh, we'll head into the Flames locker room in just moments here and hear from head coach Daryl Sutter. We're here from Dylan Dubé and Milan Lucic. They are uh, big parts of what the Flames are changing up in the lineup tonight. Lucic back after being healthy scratch the last handful of games. Lucic in, Richie out. Lucic with Zahorna and Lewis. And the top six will shift up left wingers. Huberto moves to Kadri and Manjapani's line. Dubé moves to Lindholm and to Foley's line. Fan feedback line always open to you, 960-960. Do we like the line changes? As always, our fearless uh, leader at the Sound Dome, Pat Steinberg, tweeting out the lines and pairings at practice today and uh, going through some of the responses on social media. It was more mixed than I thought. I thought a lot of people would be happy to see the changeup that we saw, but it was more mixed than I assumed. But we'll see what the text line says. Uh, do you like Huberto moving to that Kadri line? I, I think Dubé's been playing great. Uh, I'm excited to see him on that top line with Lindholm and Toffoli. And what do we expect from Milan Lucic tonight? He's uh, a veteran guy. We'll hear from him in just a couple moments. That seems like he took all of this in stride and is ready to to come back into the lineup tonight and be a big impact maker for the Calgary Flames. But before we get to that. Uh, we've been doing this all week long. For those of you listening live, uh, we've had tickets to give away for Kane Brown. He is in town tomorrow night as part of the Drunk or Dreaming Tour. He's got special guests James Decker, Jesse James Decker, and Restless Road. And uh, we've given away tickets all week long. One day, somebody couldn't use the tickets. So we wound up giving away two pairs of tickets on yesterday's show. Uh, but we've got one more to give away. So if you've got uh, an interest in going to see Kane Brown, on Saturday night, we've got a trivia question for us. Uh, the one and only, our outstanding producer and board op, Taylor Dingman, has handled the increasingly difficult trivia to get you entered into these all week long, and she's set to go in just moments here. But here are the basic rules. For those of you listening live and on stream, we'll play some of that Flames audio so that if you're a couple minutes behind, you can still have a chance to win these. But here's how it goes. Text in the answer, correct answer, to 960-960. I need your first and last name on the text, and you need to be able to use the tickets on Saturday. We've had this happen once already. We don't have shows on the weekend, so let's make sure that if you're entering the contest, you can go to Kane Brown tomorrow. There's no Flames hockey. There's a Saturday away from it all. You don't have to worry about catching the Flames game. You can take the significant other out, take your partner out, whatever, and go uh, maybe go with the boys or whatever and enjoy Kane Brown this weekend. So first and last name on the text, please be able to use the tickets and have the correct answer. So we'll bring in Taylor, who's been doing this for us uh, for most of the week. Hi, Tay. Hi. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. We've got a, a fun segment with you coming up uh, later on this hour as well, but I've relied on you to do trivia. You have not let me down. You've come up with very good questions, some challenging questions for the text line, and you have another one set for this Friday. What will listeners need to answer correctly if they want to be entered in for these tickets? Well, I think this one might be a little more difficult than the others. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll give it a go. We'll see. Cam will be the judge of that. We'll judge if this is actually I'm ready harder. for this. Okay. Cam knows all of these. It's true. You guys, uh, you guys have been... Back and forth on this. I'm I'm still figuring it out. I'll I'll react live as I always do. So uh 960-960. First and last name on the text, please be able to use the tickets on Saturday. Uh Taylor, what is today's question? So during their eight seasons in Atlanta, how many times did the Flames qualify for the playoffs? So how many times did the Ooh. Atlanta Flames qualify for the playoffs? I like it. In their yes. eight seasons. That is it. Wow. Okay. I like that. We're going way back. We've had Monaghan trivia. We've had Kiprasov answers. And this time. Just going back in time. We're going way back in time. So 960-960, your first and last name on the text. Please be able to use the tickets on Saturday. If you want to go see Kane Brown on the Drunken Dreaming Tour, Taylor, give us that question one more time. During their eight seasons in Atlanta, how many times did the Flames qualify for the playoffs. 960-960 will give you a chance to uh, get those answers in on the fan feedback line. We'll randomly pick a winner and we'll get to that before the end of the segment. But I uh, wanted to play some of these uh, Flames audio from earlier today. Starting with the head coach, Daryl Sutter spoke to the media following morning skate and ahead of his team's matchup against the Blues later tonight. Coach, what do you need to see, assuming Lucic is in the lineup, what do you need to see more of from him? Uh, I think we have a, you know, once you get in a not so much loots. Once you get in a platoon situation or guys are in and out, then you got you have to have an identity and you got to prove it on a nightly basis. It's earn, earn your earn the opportunity, earn your opportunity to stay in line. I'm curious your thoughts on. There's a stat out there. You guys that lead the league in in games that have been decided by one goal. What does that that mean? Mean it means you're either winning by one, you're tied, or you're losing by one. Expand. That's what it means. <laughs> Like, what do you think about it? That's what it means. I mean. What does it say about your team? I think we're in every game. I think uh, I said it the other night, and it's dead on 100%. You need guys to be game breakers. Guys who can score the big goal. So the fact that you're in that stat and not winning a lot of those games means you're you're still searching for more game breakers. Yeah, the guys that I think that are known for Offensive production. I mean, it's not that hard to look at look at that and figure that out. I mean, if you're 30 games in and you multiply it by how many games are left this season, what are they going to end up as goal scorers or as offense? That's what you look at. Seems like Dylan Dubé is one of those guys who has found a little bit of consistency uh, with his production. You know, just to cover all that off, you just go by that position. You ask about Dill, you ask about Luch, and then you're referring to Jonathan. Right? You're talking about the same position. Left wing. So add it up, do it. Production. What have you seen from uh, Zahorna since he's been up? Uh, he's done a good job for us. We needed some, uh, what do you call it, centerman that can give us fourth line quality shifts. I think he's done a good job of that. 
There you go. The head coach, Daryl Sutter, speaking to the media following morning skate. A little bit on Milan Lucic, Dylan Dubé, Jonathan Huberto, as you heard him point out. It's the, the common thread there. Need more from the left wingers. Will he get that tonight? We'll see. Huberto with Kadri and Manjapani, Dubé up with Lindholm and Toffoli. And yes, Milan Lucic back in the lineup for the first time after being scratched uh, as a healthy scratch for the first time in a very long time in his career. Uh, he's excited to get back. He spoke to the media this morning about the the process and really what he's looking to bring to the table tonight, getting back in the lineup against the Blues. Here's big number 17 speaking to the media after morning skate. Well, when you go through a stretch like you did the last uh, week or so, uh, how tough is that? And uh, just the idea of getting back in, if anything changes for you. Uh, yeah, just uh, just got to uh, do what I do to, to help the team win and uh, for me, I think uh, it's a bigger thing of being a, you know, positive influence and a leader in the locker room, and you know, getting guys, uh, you know, prepared to play the right way and and enforcing uh, what we need to do, and and then for myself personally, just going out there and, you know, just playing loose and 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 uh, you know, playing the way I can. And sometimes when you're, you know, in a rut or whatever, uh, when you try too hard, it, it works against you. So it's not about it's, it's one of those things. It's not about doing more. It's almost like less is more in a sense and simplifying things. And uh, that's when I'm at my best. And that's uh, you know that's what I need to do. Uh, you know uh, tonight and moving forward. Is that different than maybe the way it was going prior to uh, watching? Was that you know was it maybe gripping a little tight or not as loose or? Well, I mean, I I felt like I had a a good start to the year. Uh, you know, but you know when. Uh, even though my game isn't about goals and assists, but when you you know you don't you know you don't provide uh, anything as far as that goes, it just uh, you know starts to get in your head and you start thinking about it, and then you know you start uh, gripping gripping things a, a little a little harder uh, and more than you're used to. So you know it's nice to just kind of you know sit back and reflect and and you know watch, also watch from up top. I haven't watched the game from up top in a in a long time since I got suspended here in my first year so uh yeah it's been a long time and uh but yeah you know just you know just just uh just trying to take the positives out of it you know it's it's not about you know it's easy to get down and 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 feel sorry for yourself and saying you know f this or f that or or, or any of that type of stuff but you know, you know, like I said, I just wanted to take the positives out of it and reflect on things and, and just kind of focus on what I needed to get back to doing in order to, most importantly, help the team win. When you are in the position that you were just in, can you get some observations as far as uh, the mood of this team and maybe, you know, you kind of get a different perspective and maybe what this group needs right now? Yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the things it's it's, 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 it's when you have a good start and you play with the lead, it, you know, it, it you know, it energizes the group. It energizes uh, individuals and uh, and all that type of stuff. And I think it's just uh, believing in, in each other and believing in in yourself and and just finding that belief again on a night to night basis, so that when the puck drops, uh, you're ready to go. And like I said, my that's one of my jobs, and that's one of my most important jobs is is getting the team ready as a leader to so that we are ready at puck drop. And and you know that's. You know that's that's one of the things we need to do. When 
when you were scratched the first game. Can you just take me through your mindset, you know, when you heard the news, but also did you see it coming? Because your ice time had been kind of dwindling before that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can say that uh, just because, you know, of, of certain things, like you said. But, uh, you know, coaches make decisions on uh, what they feel is going to give the team uh, their best chance to win. And uh, like I said, when you're uh, when, when you're not helping the team win, um, it's just, you know, you, you know eventually a change is going to come. And, and like I said, when, when, it, when it did happen, I uh, just wanted to reflect on it uh, in, a, in a positive manner. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've had now a week to think about it. So uh, now it's about going out there and, uh, and, and get myself going again. The easy thing to do is obviously wallow sort of in self-pity when there's a setback. Or whatever. Is it something you've, had, you've worked on throughout your career to sort of be good at using these setbacks and you know, making them be a productive time? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the past times that I've been scratched, uh, when I came back in, I made sure that it never happened again. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I got scratched once my year, rookie year and then again in, in 2013 in a similar situation uh, where, you know, things weren't going well for me and I was, you know, I was frustrated and, you know, slamming doors and breaking sticks and, and you know, Things were going well for me offensively and all that type of stuff. So it was just, like I said earlier, just 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 taking it all in, and then you know, uh, taking the mindset of just kind of simplifying things and and getting back to the basis of of my game and what and what makes me successful. And so that's kind of what I fell back on. What uh, what did you learn just watching the past couple of games? What did you observe from from the group? Uh, past week well what I learned was when you watch from up top it's an easy game uh, it moves a lot slower so you know for you guys that watch up top you know you guys should watch it from ice level and see the difference uh, but yeah it's just uh, you know it's just you know it's, it's just seeing this uh, skill sets and uh, you know time and space and, and guys who, that have abilities to make plays and all that type of stuff so um, yeah I think uh, you know when, when we're sharp and making plays that's when we're a really good team and uh, you know that's something that we got to get more consistent at. There's Milan Lucic she spoke to the media today he's back in the lineup tonight he'll be on that line with Redeem Zahorna excuse me and Trevor Lewis Brett Ritchie out of the lineup tonight and yeah, sounds like a guy that's been here before, isn't going to make too much of this situation, wants to come back in, have a positive impact on his team. And, you know, given everything we've learned about Milan over his time here in Calgary, I'm as confident in him responding the right way to a healthy scratch as I would be almost anybody on this team. I think Flames fans will feel that way. I'm pretty sure you're going to see a rejuvenated, Milan Lucic, who's going to go back to, as he said, you know, those simple things in his game that make him effective. That's being physical. That's making a difference on that fourth line. The fourth line, as he said earlier on in the year, was actually a big positive for this team. They were up close to 12 minutes a night, uh, originally with Lewis and, and Richie at times, even the, some of those times with Kevin Rooney in there. Uh, they were really effective, and that's so important. And it, it's tough for Milan because. He's one of those guys that doesn't play special teams at this point in his career. And when you get into some of the games the Flames have been in the last couple of weeks where you're talking 
eight, nine, ten special teams opportunities between both teams, you're just not going to find a lot of five-on-five ice time. You've got to make the absolute most of it when you can. And if it's only going to be five minutes of ice time a night, then yeah, Daryl Sutter's going to change up the fourth line and change up how he uses those guys because you need more than that. We've learned that on the defensive side of things for the Flames. Look how different it is on those nights where they only got five minutes from DeSimone or Mackie or whoever the sixth defenseman was and how it changes everything. That still applies to the forward group. Even though there's more of them and you can do different things with your forward lines, you still have that two or three guys that that maybe aren't going as well one night. It throws everything else off, and I just think that this reset is going to be important for Milan. It's going to be important for this team's fourth line to find themselves back in the good graces of the coach and back making that impact for that 10 to 12 minutes a night that they do see. Uh, last person I want to hear from, I want you to hear from, uh, before we uh, we get to those uh, winners uh, for the Kane Brown tickets, Dylan Dubé. Uh, he's been spectacular on that line with Nazem Kadri and Andrew Mangiapane the last couple of weeks. The points have been there. The defensive play has been there. And now he'll get a spin on the top line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli tonight. Jonathan Huberto will move to Kadri and Mangiapane's line. And uh, Dylan spoke to the media today about that opportunity and what's gone right for him the last couple of weeks. Here's Dylan Dubé from earlier. Much to you, you know, Daryl's been pretty vocal in the past just about his faith and trust in you about to kind of play anywhere. And I know you've answered this a lot, but just the idea of coming up where it looks we may see it tonight. What is your mindset as you join that? Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the same. I think uh, we need to win. Um, try and play my best to win tonight, and that's that's all that matters right now. And, um, you know, regardless of what the lines are for anybody, we need the, you know, the best out of... 12 forwards, 60, and two goalies. So that's kind of the way it is uh, tonight. It's just the best out of everybody. You guys have been in some close games, and I know you'd like to be on the right side of that all the time. But just the idea of being in close games and how you can kind of break that open and get there. What's that come down to? Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's good. I think we're, you know, we're in tight games. We're pushing it to overtime. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, once we get our balances, get our goals, and, and hold the leads that we, we need to. I think this will be a, you know, a lot happier room uh, you know, going through adversity and, and winning those tight uh, 2-1, 3-2 games. It's important for us, and once we get that, I think it'll, uh, it'll be a big big step for our group. I wanted to ask you just to that point about what the temperature in this room is, because that can be motivating being in close games and even losing, but can also be deflating. So what is the overall pulse of this room right now? Oh, it's good. I think we know we're there. We know um, you can win tonight and um, and roll from there. I think when it is tight, you get points in your games. It's a tough league to win in, so we're right there. And um, I think that's got to be really motivating, and our group feels that. So, um, you know, it's exciting. It's nice playing this much, too. You don't have too much time to think about it either when you've had the schedule that we've had. So it's, it's nice. You just get to go out and play. Speaking of the schedule, between now and I think the end of the calendar year, you guys are playing exclusively Western Conference teams, and a handful of those guys are out of the playoffs right now. Considering the urgency in the room to win games right now, is there any type of different importance on some of those games coming up against teams that might not be in the playoff picture? Yeah, I think just uh, all in our conference, I think those are really important games. They're, sorry, they're, they're, uh, yeah, they're huge points for us. They can push teams down and and get our spot ourselves into a spot where we need to be. And um, you know, when we're playing Eastern teams and 
uh, it's harder to harder to gain ground on, on teams if they're winning as well in our conference. So it's important that that we play well in those games and we get the points when we need to. So it's uh, that for sure. Upcoming schedule is really important for us. It's been uh, the most productive stretch over the last couple of weeks. Are you, do you feel any different in terms of where your game's at? No, I think I think my uh, my line is playing really good. I think Manch and, and Naz are playing really good. Um, I think uh, that factors in for sure as well. So um, I think it's been trying to be consistent throughout the year, and it's been getting better and better and better. I think just with that, I think it was just chemistry. Um, with us there at the start to, to get used to playing with each other. So I think we found that uh, you know, for you know, a couple of weeks of, of now. So it's tough when uh, you know, you've got to bury some chances, though, to win hockey games. And that, does that change? It looks like you're playing with Elias and, and Tyler. So does that change anything for you? Have you, have you played with those guys before? I have uh, a couple times. So um, you know, the, they're everyone. You know, I says all the time, everyone to go up and down the lineup, and um, you know, it's exciting to play opportunity with with anyone our lineup. We got guys who can play, so um, for them, they're you know, Lindy is a really good 200 foot player. He competes and um, you know, tough can score. So it's uh, it's an exciting line to to play on for sure. I just want to bring my best for them, and um, I don't want to be the you know the, I want to be the one to you know help them out and and you know I want them to help me out as well so it's uh hopefully we can put that together Dylan Dubé he'll be on the line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli tonight Flames and Blues it's seven o'clock tonight six o'clock Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius it's Logan Gordon with you this is Sportsnet today on Sportsnet 960 the fan and a couple texts wanted to read there uh before we get to those uh, ticket giveaways that we have to do before we get out of this segment uh, this text says, uh, rip anyone who plays against Lucic tonight. Yeah, it could be one of those nights where uh, Milan Lucic is going to finish every single check, and when we know when he does that, uh, the guy on the other end's not likely to enjoy what happens. So we'll see if he's got that, that extra step in him tonight that finishes some of those checks, as we know he can do so well. This text comes in at 960960. Saying if Dubé, Backlund, and Huberto are the best you have for shootouts, you're in trouble. Plus, need more than fourth line minutes for five million a year from Coleman. Okay, first of all, the best that you have for a shootout isn't always how these things go. Just to be clear, a lot of times it's feel during the game uh, and how these things go. Coaches a lot of times don't just simply go with their best. Shootout shooters, I mean, if you have a guy, I mean, UC Jokin used to be one of those guys that was like a third-line player throughout his entire NHL career, but he was stupid lights out in the shootout, so you always put him in. Coaches go by feel for a lot of this. Guys that are having good games sort of mixed in with their best shootout performers. So that's a bit of a mix. So I don't know that saying those are your best shootout shooters, you have to do better. And by the way, the last two out of three that Jonathan Huberto has been up in the shootout he actually scored in those. So, yeah, it doesn't always work out perfectly, but I think there's a feel to it. And for the most part, I mean, yeah, you want to criticize Huberto for a couple of things that he's done and a couple bad games he's had, sure. But I'm not going to criticize him for his uh, shootout performances. That was the first one he's missed this year as a flame. And, you know, Coleman's uh, Coleman's been up and down. At points this year, as he is, he's not a high-end scorer. I'd be interested to see what he looks like 
perhaps in a in a different role. But yeah, I think for the most part, it's uh, people will look at Coleman and say, "Oh, four point nine million. Are you getting enough?" Uh, again, Blake Coleman does does other things for this group that that make him important too. Uh, this text says. In a meritocracy, I'm totally cool with Hubie off the top line. Hell, I'd even be cool with Rosie was put back there to get more production on the 28. To my estimation, in a season with so many one-goal games, our inability to produce that big one, uh, 10, 28, 88, and to a lesser extent, 91, I'm looking at you, has been the major issue. Yeah, that's, to me, the core of the problem right now, and Daryl's talked about that going back to a couple weeks ago. You don't get that one extra one. This team's not going to lose. They're not a high-end offensive group, but sometimes it's just that important goal. If you're able to make it 4-2 at some point in that game after the Trevor Lewis goal for the Flames uh, on Wednesday night, you're looking at a completely different one. It's it's timing of the goals. It's consistency of getting that extra goal. Uh, we'll see if maybe a little change-up in the top six can give the Flames what they need tonight. Uh, before we get out of here for this segment, I have to give away these Kane Brown tickets. Uh, Taylor Dingman, our outstanding producer in Port Op, uh, has been in charge of the trivia all week long for these tickets. Uh, our question today from Taylor was... During their eight seasons in Atlanta, how many times did the Flames qualify for the playoffs? So, eight seasons in Atlanta, how many times did they make the playoffs? You needed the correct answer with your first and last name on the text, and we asked that you please were able to use the tickets to Kane Brown on Saturday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for his Drunk or Dreaming tour. Uh, that uh, was the question. We did get a winner. Cam, if you could kindly give us the drum roll. Macklin was our winner. We threw it into the randomizer. If you had the correct answer, you were entered to win. Macklin was the correct answer. It wasn't first come, first serve. We try to give everybody a chance to get their answers in. Even if they're streaming online, it can be a couple minutes behind. So everybody that had the correct answer got it. Uh, Macklin was in with the correct answer of six out of those eight seasons in Atlanta. They made the playoffs, right, uh, Taylor? Yeah, they were much like the Leafs and uh, never made it past the first round. Ooh. That mm. one was just for Cam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very happy. Just chiming Not in the impressed. booze over there. Uh, thank you, Taylor. Congrats, Macklin. Uh, I've texted you. Uh, details. Our promo team will get in touch with you about uh, those tickets. Enjoy uh, Kane Brown on a Saturday night. Uh, that'll do it for the first segment of Hour 2. When we come back on the other side, a new Friday feature. I'm trusting my producers uh, once again for content. We'll see how it works out. Uh, that's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Closing in on the end of Sportsnet today. The end of our first week of two-hour-long shows. I think we've done okay. What a road it's been. Haven't been fired yet. I mean, that's always a good yeah, sign, Yeah, that's eh? a good start. We're all still here. We're all still here. I'm Logan Gordon. Uh, the voices there, Cam and Taylor, the outstanding duo in the afternoon, board operators, producers, light jazz fans. <laughs> uh, Taylor's been the uh, outstanding quiz master this week for the Kane Brown tickets, and 
when you start, it's kind of like a bit of radio insight. Like when you start doing longer shows, you start to do like weekly things, and we've got weekly guests, and that's nothing new on Sportsnet today. But one of the things that I do is like start to find features, and I want to do more with Cam, I want to do more with Taylor and the listeners and everything, and bring you guys as part of the show because that's what people like Rob used to do when I was doing his show, and that's what Pat used to do and Pinder, and we used to have all these crazy segments, and we'd have fun, and it is sports radio, and that's going to be the main thing that we focus on here most of the time, but we're going to have fun with other things, and uh, we're going to try this out today and see how it works. Uh, Taylor Dingman, our outstanding producer and board up here, we're bringing this in on Fridays. We're going to go with Taylor's top three. Every Friday here on Sportsnet Today, Taylor brings us her top three topics of the week. Now, these can be anything, Cam, right? We've discussed it's an open – well, it's mostly anything. open, within reason. I've been given too much power here. You have been given too – I didn't really specify enough of this. Like, it's not going to get political. It's not going to get – it's not going to get violent-ish. Help us if we did. Yeah. Like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep it fun. We're going to keep it light. But Taylor's going to give us our top three. It can be sports moments. It can be stupid trends she saw on Twitter – it can be anything. I promised I wouldn't do to my producers and technical operators what the morning show has done to theirs. I wasn't going to give Taylor a mic and say, hey, can you go to the C-Train station and ask people about the Flames? Mainly because I think Taylor would quit her job if I forced that upon her. Putting our lives in danger at yeah, 6 o'clock in the morning? We weren't going to do Brody on the beat. That guy's a soldier. He is. He's the, the kindest soul, young Alex. But I couldn't force you guys into doing it. So we're going to try Taylor's top three. Are you ready for this, Taylor? Have you studied? Have you prepared your top three topics for today? I've prepared three topics for today. I don't know how great they are. <laughs> I, I haven't really prepared much this week, so I'll have to come back next week and get some better ones. Okay, well, we'll give it a go here. And the listeners... You can chime in, too. Whatever the topic is, 960-960. Should Taylor have picked a different topics? You can get in on that as well. But uh, let's get it going, and we'll start uh, Taylor's top three. Cam, let's start with number one. Number one. Taylor, your top topic of the week is what? Well, Vickers was in yesterday for Flamestock, and... He he said that uh, Trevor Lewis didn't get his full appreciation in yesterday's episode. So uh, I'll just bring him up just for Aaron Vickers. Trevor Lewis is topic one. And I'm on board for this one. Because as you know, and if you've listened to Hockey Central 960 with Haley, or you've listened to intermissions, you know that we stand Trevor Lewis here. And despite the fact that Trevor Lewis has six goals on the season, which is as many as he had last year, there's a certain segment of the fan base that refuses to give Trevor Lewis his due. Oh, well, you scratched Lucic, but you haven't scratched Lewis. Well, was the horn is in? Well, now you can scratch. No. Trevor Lewis is a damn important member to this team's penalty kill. He scored six goals this season, and... I think he's the dad of the group. He's 35, 36, 35. 
I think he's a very key member of the Flames. So I'm with Vickers, which is rare. I don't agree with Vickers on many things. But I agree. Trevor Lewis does not get the love that he deserves. I know me and Lou have talked about this before. I'm a big Trevor Lewis guy. Cam, are we in the same... Are we happy with topic three that Trevor Lewis doesn't get enough love in Calgary? I think the more I hear about Trevor Lewis, the more I like him. I liked um, Vickers pulled up a stat yesterday that he had calculated himself where he looked at the price of everyone's contracts and how many goals they'd scored. Trevor Lewis was number two on goals per dollar spent. And I, I really like that stat. Shows up a lot of, lot of talent for your buck. Now, we can have a conversation that maybe Trevor Lewis shouldn't be as high up on the Flames' goal-scoring list comparative to the other players around him. Like, he probably shouldn't be ahead of Huberto or Dubé or Coleman, maybe even Raz. I mean, Raz is defenseman, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But I think Trevor Lewis is a damn important piece of this. And it's I've said he's got six goals, and that's as many as he had last year, and that's true. But I've maintained this about guys like Trevor Lewis, and it applies to the same in the same sense as almost Blake Coleman does, just to a, a different extent, and because there's different cap hits. You have to be willing to dig deeper sometimes than just points and assists. It's how they play the puck in the defensive zone, the importance on special teams. Try having not having the penalty killers that the Flames have sometimes. They've been spoiled the last couple of years with this, and Trevor Lewis is one of those guys, and he's one of those guys that Daryl Sutter can trust. He plays the wing. He plays center. He does all... I, I just... I don't see the mistakes in Trevor Lewis's game where I could possibly think about pulling him out of the lineup because he's just that important. So, yeah, as far as the overall production, I think the six goals on the year is a bonus because for me, it's about a lot more than points and assists for Trevor Lewis. And he'll be in the lineup tonight. He is on the right side of Lucic and Zahorna. So I like that one. That's uh, that's number one for Taylor's top three of the week. Taylor, where are we going uh, for number two? Number two. Number two. Thank you, voice guy. Uh, number two, Tay. So on my way in this morning, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet from Ian McLaren, who is the host of Locked On NHL Bruins podcast. Okay. And said that the NHL should do a teddy bear toss, which I think they should. You know, you'd, you'd get a lot of teddy bears, but I don't think they'd have as much fun with it since the NHL's players' spirits haven't been broken yet, and they actually have personalities. <laughs> this is an interesting one, and I like this one a lot. Should the NHL do a teddy bear toss? I, I actually really like this topic. This is actually a really fun one, and it resonates here in Calgary because if you missed it, earlier this month, the Calgary Hitmen had their teddy bear toss game, just a casual 20,400 and some bears given out to local charities. Now, there's a logistics part of this that makes it a little different. Not that wins and losses don't matter as much at, say, the AHL level where they do this as well or the junior hockey level, because they do. Wins and losses obviously make a big difference. But logistically, could you make this work? Because in... If you've never been to a teddy bear toss game, first of all, what are you doing? You got to get to one. 
Second of all, what happens is the Bears come flying out. Everybody goes crazy. There's pandemonium on the ice. The players and the the ice care crew are all shoveling the Bears together, and they're all gathering them up. The players are diving into them. They're taking photos, and usually the other team just goes off the ice, and depending on if the goal came, say, late in the first period, they might push two or three minutes into the second period. I wonder if NHL players would have the because you made a good point, Taylor, about you know it's professional, it's you're getting paid for these sort of things. Would an NHL team be like, okay, I'm okay with a 20 minute delay in period number one because we're doing it for charity? I mean, you do have hat tricks when people throw their hats. I mean, it it's not as much, but also you could do it during an intermission where it is like 17 minutes of break. See, now that I don't mind either. A teddy bear toss at intermission. Would it have the same flavor though? You could bring some of the players that actually are fun and they can do the whole jumping into the pile and just kind of having fun with it all. I, I, you know what? I'm in favor of this. Cam, are you pro- Pro-level teddy bear toss, or are you against this idea? I'm pro-level teddy bear toss, but you have to do it during the game. You, you, you do it in the mission, just, it's just not as fun. It's like, okay, period's over. Let's throw some teddy bears on. Yeah, okay. But you do it immediately after the goal. Obviously, it's going to be pre-planned. Everyone's coming. You know what's going to happen. That first goal goes in. Boom, boom, boom. Teddy bears on the ice. It's just, I just think that's the way you have to do it. Yeah, and see, now this is, and this text comes in at 960-960, and you're, of course, always able to uh, to interact with us here on the show, uh, especially when we're doing Taylor's top three. And the topic right now is that, it was Ian McLaren, was it, who covers the Bruins, Taylor, had tweeted out about the NHL doing teddy bear tosses and the good it would do for, for local area charities and how important it would be. This is the one, and that's the text that comes in that I think is important is can you imagine if a teddy bear toss goal was called back for offside? And that happens even at the junior levels when they do this. I believe even this year, I can't remember the instance. I want to say maybe in Red Deer they had two goals that got called back on for different reasons and people went out and did it. It was just a massive delay of the game, which would suck. It would be awful. It would be the most infuriating thing ever to have all of that hype only to have it ruined. But let's be honest, the Hitman and the WHO crowds do such a good job. I think Calgary does by far the best job of anybody when it comes to this game. They, they show out about it everywhere, and it's become a thing. And the SJHL teams do it, the AJ teams do it, AHL-level teams do it all the time because it's such an easy and fun way to support charities and to make it a fun way for people to come to the games. And if you were able to scale that to an NHL level and get the big teams involved with it, how much more good could you do for the community? And I think that's that's really the crux of all of this. I think you do have to figure out the logistics part of it. And I do like the idea of maybe doing an intermission because that's the only thing for me is I feel like because it's the pros and because you know, some guys are, are there for winning and look, the the charity part is part of it, but it's not something they want to focus on during the game that somebody might have a sour attitude towards the level uh, of doing it during the game. 
But as a couple of uh, people have pointed out, Tate, to your point, the intermission one is kind of a popular idea here. Yeah, Get they're... the Timbits teams out there or get a, a lesser, maybe even a midget team or something uh, out there, midget level team out there and do the teddy bear toss for them at the intermission. And then you'd have time to clean up. It wouldn't interfere with the actual NHL game, but you'd still have the NHL crowd and be a, how cool would that be? It'd be so fun. For, you know, a, a team, the Crowchild teams here in Calgary or someone like that. To, to get to be a part of that where, hey, not everybody gets to even go play WHL hockey. But we got to go play the intermission of the Flames and the Flyers on one night. And they did the teddy bear toss in the intermission. I think it would be so much fun, not only for the fans, but like you said, the kids going there. If it is a intermission game with them there and it's when they score, you throw them all on, you have... Some players, somebody said Blake Coleman. It, it, I think it'd be a really fun atmosphere. I think it would be too. I am, uh, I am pro this idea. The text line is very much in favor of this. I'll read some of the texts on this. Um, this one, this one, yeah. Cody said, does it have to be necessarily during the game? I could see someone like Blake Coleman out there with his kids having fun with the teddy bears on the ice for an extra five minutes. Uh, this one says, yeah, have minor hockey team play an intermission and do it when they score, do the toss. Dennis was curious if he, if he did it, did you think it, it might take away from the biggest WHL regular season game? Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, but I still think like a, a city like Calgary would more than be able to support it twice. Like that's, that's my thing. I don't think that it would take, I think the hit, I think if you spread it out enough, make sure that it's not the same week. But maybe, you know, one of the flames if they do a family day game in February, keep the Hitman's one in November or December, whenever they do it. Um, because over the years, and you guys will learn this, Taylor and Cam, as you do this more, um, and, and we're partnered with the Hitman and we love doing the, the teddy bear toss game here on the radio with Brad and everybody. Uh, as I've learned, that teddy bear toss is so, so important to so many groups. Like the amount of, of charities and places, especially around the holidays, that rely on that donation that comes from the teddy bear toss is so huge. I have the the stats here. It's not up to date for this year, but I have the the total amounts of bears that have been collected since '95 that this has been going on for just the Hitman. So since 1995, total attendance for these games has totaled to 362,920 people. Total teddy bears collected is at 415,636 as of last year. It's yeah, incredible. It's nuts. It's it's crazy. I think it's it's a massive part of the charity endeavors uh, that the Flames and CSEC are so good about, and I could see it. And like I said, the logistics things, maybe we, we talk about moving into an intermission. There is one text that says, hey, I don't know that I would really care about it if, it, if I had to wait to the intermission to do it, but... You know, I still think that I, I think there'd be enough people that would be interested. This text says, "Don't even start the, don't even start the whole throwing things on ice. It's a serious issue. Don't make it a habit for this." Is a charity one. I, I think people are smart enough to to realize the difference between what we saw in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago throwing beer and garbage at pro players 
as compared to doing this from a charity aspect. I really don't think that would be a problem. I think most people, especially in this city, are smart enough and intelligent enough hockey fans to realize that this is a charity event and it's not meant to be something taken out of hand and out of context and turning it into a, a nightmare PR situation. As far as like the buttons and the, the flames and the hitmen solved that problem years ago. When you come in, you get an individual plastic bag that your bear or Teddy goes into, and then you throw it on the ice. That way the fur, the buttons don't stick. They shovel them up quickly and they move them out. I think it's a great idea. I think it was a, a fantastic number two, and I think the uh, text line is totally on board. we got one more to get to, Taylor, uh, before we uh, finish things off on this Friday. Let's hit it with number three. Number three. Taylor? I mean, just to finish off that point, nobody's going to get hit in the head with a chicken nugget like Eric Halla did at the New Jersey game. So Fair enough. I think that's, yeah. What a world. Uh, number three for Taylor's top three to end off this Friday is? Well, just to satisfy Logan here and uh, go with the topic everybody's been waiting for, Ross Stripling. Oh, Ross Stripling. Taylor is still upset. I'm so sad. Still in mourning. Still in mourning, yes. Uh, look, if you, as you're starting to learn on the show here, uh, Taylor and Cam have different loves. Taylor, or Cam's big F1 guy and, and is into all that. Taylor's big on baseball and the Jays and was super sad to learn this week that her one of her favorite players with one of the best nicknames in baseball Ross Stripling, a.k.a. Chicken Strip, was moving on and heading back to California. The former Dodger has signed a contract with the San Francisco Giants. And, Taylor, you were upset. You were defeated. You are going to, I believe you said you're going to scream at the TV every time that that you say Kikuchi is out there and it's not Ross Stripling. I never said that. I think you said all of those things. um, Ross Atkins should watch his back. Whoa. I'm just saying. <laughs> Whoa. This is not a threat. Just just saying. Just watch your back, Ross. Just just watch your back, you know. <laughs> Ross a... Stripling's gonna show you <laughs> Ross Stripling. It's a, it's a two-year, $25 million deal for uh, Stripling with the Giants. He was great with the Blue Jays. Uh, really a, a jack-of-all-trades for them. He was a 10-4 and record last year. He set career highs in ERA, innings pitched, and war. He's back in the NL West after he spent five seasons with the LA Dodgers. A lifetime, he's just a 500 pitcher, just 38 and 38, but a very, very respectable 3.78 ERA during his 104 starts of his MLB career. Now, the good news for you, Taylor, and the one thing that you can hold out hope for is he has an opt out after the 2023 season. And maybe if things don't go well in San Fran. He might come back to your Blue Jays. Ross Stripling, if you're listening, please. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the last one. Two things. Ross Atkins, watch your back. And Ross Stripling, uh, please come back to us. That uh, is Taylor's top three. That's how we'll end off uh, this Friday. If you missed the top three, we went with Ross Stripling's off to the San Francisco Giants. It makes Taylor really sad. Should the NHL bring in the teddy bear toss? And as one uh, texter chimes in with a, a very easy Oilers chirp, uh, do you think the Oilers could do a jersey toss? Oh, that's a roast get there. Because they, they throw the jerseys on the ice when they get mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm bad at this. What was number one? I forget. 
Trevor Lewis. Oh, yes, Trevor Lewis. We stand Trevor Lewis here. Uh, Trevor Lewis and the Flames will be on the ice tonight uh, for a Flames game day. 7 o'clock against the Blues. Our Flames coverage starts at 4 with Pat Steinberg in Flames talk. That'll take you to 6 when Steinberg and Labardius take over for Flames warm-up. And then it's Derek Wills and Lou on the call. Flames look to end this four-game losing streak against the St. Louis Blues tonight. News you need to know. Huberto with Kadri and Manjapani. Dubé with Lindholm and Toffoli. Still no Chris Tanev. Lucic is back in the lineup. Richie is out. Markstrom gets the start. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you for all your interactions on the fan feedback line at 960. Shout out to Taylor and Cam. Keep it locked here next. The one, the only, the immensely talented Haley Salvian takes over next for another edition of Hockey Central 960. Enjoy the game tonight. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. This has been Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.